Hello, welcome to the Plug Me In podcast. I am your host, EP The Mime. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the very first episode. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the first time I moved to Los Angeles to try and be a full-time musician. Now, this story is going to go through perspective. It's going to go through the memories that I remember, the various ups and downs that we experienced trying to learn because that's what it was, how we learned to be musicians, how we learned to manage working in the area, and the interesting characters that we met along the way. Thank you for plugging in. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in. Glendale, California. I met Rocky, who is a really big character in this story. On Craigslist, we spoke over Skype and developed a mild friendship that turned into, hey, let's move to L.A. together, because I'm a musician, you're a musician, we want to do music together, let's go make it happen. At the time, I had a girlfriend who wanted to be an actress, her name is Vanessa, she is now my wife, and I love her very much, shout out to you. She wanted to be an actress, so being in L.A. didn't seem like a a wrong decision for her, she kind of felt like she was going to end up there, as did Rocky, who was coming from Arizona. And I had a friend of mine in high school who came along as well. He didn't stay for the duration, but I moved there with him, and we just set up the place together. And in that same week, my brother, Aaron, showed up, who is a really, really important person in music to me. Uh, He's one of the reasons that I am as good as I am these days, and he's my younger brother. Shout out to him. At at, At this time, we were starting on being independent. Me and Jordan, who is the friend that came... I remember when we showed up to the apartment because at that time we were only looking at pictures, you know, and kind of like having dreams and thoughts of how it was going to be. We spent a good amount of time really going over the reality of us being able to make this happen. I was studying music at Delta College and I just felt like it was going nowhere. I felt like it wasn't worth me finishing. I did meet one of the most talented people I've ever met, Antoine Mason Jr., in that music class, the uh, Mrs. England's voice class at Delta College. Uh, rest in peace. I would spend most of my time in the piano practice room singing Journey and Led Zeppelin and Bruno Mars trying to get my voice to be good. I wasn't seasoned as a vocalist yet. I mainly considered myself a rapper who tried to sing. Drake was super new at that time, so you know everyone was trying it out. It would end up to be to my benefit, though. Me and Jordan often talked about chasing our dreams of being musicians, either that or being a professional wrestler. I I thought I was going to be a professional wrestler, a mixed martial artist, because I trained in martial arts when I was younger and felt like I could get back into it pretty quickly. Especially at that time, I was training at the Stockton Fight Club in Stockton, California. And I was super serious about what I was going to do next after I graduated college. I just wanted to finish a course. It wasn't my choice. My family had a lot of pressure on me. They sensed that I didn't really want to go that way. So they just gave me a nudge and I decided to go with it. Just trying to make something work. And then I met Rocky on Craigslist. And then my wife wanted to be an actress. And her brother is a makeup artist. And he was going to move to L.A. So everything kept pointing to L.A. Everything kept pointing to Southern California. That's all anyone who had any type of creation, skill, music, art, makeup, acting, film, whatever, dance. They all want to go to L.A. Or New York. But you get it? They're talking about a central area. And that's really what 
this musical journey kind of centers around. It, it's the idea of having freedom and an unlimited amount of time to make music, right? Or your craft, movies, or act, or do auditions, whatever. But it's all about the area. It's all about the location. Like Creatives are a slave to believing in location before believing in their talent. I have friends now who won't move back home, you know, and because they, they want to go to a location that's better for what their talent is. Mind you, it, it's very, very promising and it's going to work, but it's a slave to a location. There's nothing wrong with that. I am now to my home location. They are to a business, a, a creative dream landscape. You understand? So it, it, it matters to the creative at that time. So those of you who have people in your family or friends who are talking about going to an area, just know that's the perspective. The location almost is looked at as something that can rub off on you or be the perfect basket to carry the fruit you're going to produce. Not to get metaphorical on you, but it's it's that serious. You know, it's not trivial. It's not something to just dismiss like, oh, you want to go to L.A.? Yes, I want to go to L.A. because all the people that make the decisions, they live in L.A. or around in the surrounding areas or they do business there. And that's what you want to do. If you're a product, you want to get close to the distributor and you want to be in the area. So even as a 20-year-old, I thought this. I thought that I needed to be in the area because everyone who was doing my craft seriously was there. Now, Rocky was from Arizona. So that's a guy moving from Arizona to L.A. I'm five hours away in Tracy, California. We're all going to a central area hoping for the same thing. And sometimes it feels like Survivor or American Idol or The Voice. Like only one person can win, really. You either win and you bring your team with you, you don't make it at the same time. And if you do, it, it's, it's big enough to mention because it doesn't happen much. But you just got to remember, it's not the location, it's you. It's not new place and then you'll be a new you, it's a new place, same old you. There are still things you got to work on to make things work into your benefit. It rarely works the other way around. So at that time, I didn't know that, though. You know, I didn't I didn't experience that. No one around me knew that either because they weren't of a mindset that would think about putting all your eggs in one basket to go to a central area to be lucrative. You know, there's that story where you go and be broke, where you're bumming it, you know, what Brad Pitt worked at like El Pollo Loco, you know, <laughs> and, and he's Brad Pitt, you know. But at one point he was asking you want a three piece and a soda. He wasn't soda. giving the lines to Benjamin Button or showing off his six pack abs. He was wearing the shirt and he was doing what, what, what El Pollo Loco workers do. So there's that reality to it that it's like, okay, I'm going to go there and I'm going to have freedom and I'm going to create and I'm going to be able to perform and I'm going to be able to grow because that's all I cared about at that time. I just wanted to record music and go out and perform in a small venue and work myself up to a paid venue and get a large venue and eventually get myself a publishing deal that would pay me for my music like the other people around me wanted. But I moved like I did. Because that's the only model that I knew. So I was really going out there with the intention of trying to perfect that model and make it work for me. The model being going to L.A., aspiring to be a creative and making something happen. Because that's really all it is. It's execution. Can you make it happen? Mind you, we were all under the age of 22. 
<laughs> so it was kind of amazing that we even got the place in the first place, the apartment. We were in Glendale, California, which is 20 minutes outside of Hollywood. And it's really, really close enough to feel like you're in the area. At the beginning, it was just me, Jordan, and, and my brother, Aaron. And we weren't really doing any recording or anything like that. But when Rocky came, the whole dynamic of the apartment changed. Everything became about music and why are we not doing music? And does anyone want to do music around here? He would say that and get emotional. And at first we thought he was crazy, but that type of crazy mentality was something that benefited him at a later time. Glendale for me will always be the first experience I ever had at levels. There are levels to skill. There are levels to time that's being put in. The 10,000 hour rule is very real. Being that if you spend 10,000 hours on a certain task or skill that you will become a master at it. Glendale was the beginning of my 10,000 hours. The problem is you should probably be at least 3,000 hours in before you make a big decision or move like that. How was I supposed to know though? I was just a young kid with a dream. That's it. That's all I knew. At that time, all I could do was write. I could only really write raps and, and, and kind of rap them. and I could hold a tune, but I couldn't really like sang with an A, you know, with a capital A. Nowadays, I could sing, I can write, I can rap, I produce. I can run recording sessions. I do vocal production, music production, artist development, mix and master vocals. So I'm a complete ace of the entire process now. Whatever the project is, I know the process to get it done with just me. At that time, I couldn't set up the laptop. So it was a really big learning experience for me to, to, to know that, wow, it doesn't matter how much passion you have for this. You still got to put some time into developing your brain to see it as a process and a skill to even see if this is what you could do. Because if you don't know how to do that process or you don't know where to fit into it, you're going to make the person that is running that have the worst experience and it's going to be a nightmare. Again, something I didn't know. Me and Rocky would start out in a band, but it didn't work out. We decided we'd be better off as friends, which was a great decision. Around that time, Jordan moved back home, so the dynamic in the apartment changed a lot. It was me and my wife, Vanessa, who was my girlfriend at the time, me and Vanessa in one room and Rocky in the other room. And his room was the studio. He had a perfect setup. I brought a desk and he kind of claimed it as his own, which is fine because I didn't have any equipment to put on it anyways. So he had it in his room and he had wires connecting to his closet, which was big enough to fit a couple people in. So it was perfect for a, a recording booth. It was really fun to be in there. You felt like something was happening, kind of like a magic that was in there. That was partly due to the amount of talent that Rocky brought into our apartment. Two people I remember off of the top of my head were Travis Cormier and Michael O'Grady. I was kind of just a fly on the wall, just chilling there. I was cool enough to kick it, but not really giving much insight to how they were writing their songs or recording it. I wasn't giving any musical advice. Travis was a lead singer of their band, and he was a great singer. He would go on to be a runner-up in the voice competition in Canada, where he's from. Actually, if you go on YouTube and you type in Dream On Auditions, The Voice, he's one of the people that they put almost every single time for the best Dream On auditions. He hits the high notes at the end in everything. He was a great singer. But he was from Canada in L.A. So now you got Arizona, you got 
me from Northern California, uh, Jordan from the Bay, and you got him from Canada. And O'Grady was from Ohio. So all corners of the earth at this point are all shooting to the L.A. area in search of one thing, the same thing to make it in entertainment. Even Rocky himself would end up forming a band in later years called Wolves. They have a song called Animal that's out still. He's no longer in the band, but that song would go to chart on the top Billboard 100, the top 100. So being in the room with these three people always gave me this idea that it's a hand reach away. So it must not be that far. But at that time, it felt really, really far. To know that you could also sing like someone but not at the moment is a very, very lonely room. They were students of the Musicians Institute in L.A. that was basically breeding, performing musicians. So whereas your college would make you write an essay, their college would give them a song to perform or they would have to choose a song to perform. That's what I know about the vocal section of it. So Travis was very, very prepared, as was O'Grady. And Rocky learned by ear. He didn't take any lessons or anything like that. So he was also equally as impressive. It would become very important to me at that time to start learning music by ear, which is a skill that is one of my best skills now. I have a very good ear for music, for melody, placement, for note, placement, for notation. I learned it at that time. This was 10 years ago. The interesting thing about that time is there's a lot of good memories of those people that come in. There's some sketchy people that come in and there's some people that have tried to rob us Some people that they came in and, and ended up being very, very weird later. But then there's also great moments. One of my fondest memories of that time was when Rocky's band came over and we watched Pearl Jam 20, the documentary about Pearl Jam and I think a horror movie. And we got drunk on Budweiser and sang faithfully at the piano. I sang with Travis. I sat right next to him. It was at that moment, though, that I realized that I wasn't at the level that he was at. He was he was at a different level. His voice was made for those songs, whereas mine wasn't. But I wanted my voice to be made for those songs. But he showed me that time and experience, him performing every single day, allowed him to be that great. I did not put in that, that same type of work. Yes, I had to find a job. I was working at JCPenney at that time. My wife was working at Victoria's Secret. I, I had a couple jobs. I would, I would go back and forth from a lot of things as I often do. And having to learn how to pay bills and having to learn how to structure your life as an adult now, working on a relationship. I have someone I have to be in a relationship now. I have friends that are in the other room. I have music peers in the other room. And you start really going back and forth from what relationships are most important at the time and I think that's why a lot of musicians and creatives and entertainment um, uh, people who aspire to have a career in entertainment don't want to have relationships because they don't want to feed that part eventually at the end of it all we all want somebody to love us and it becomes important later but at that time it seems too big to add in so for me it was easy to take these experiences that I was having or not having mind you and to just funnel it into my relationship. Do I regret it? No, because I have a very loving relationship. But my relationship with the music started to suffer. And that's because it is a relationship. These guys weren't willing to put anything before it. It's very, very humbling when you go into a situation thinking that it's about you, but it turns out to be about someone else. You see, Rocky was very afraid to move to the area. I wasn't, though. In a way, that trip was for him to give him a safe place to go so he can chase his dreams. Give me these musicians that would end up creating something out of their life 
came to our apartment to practice. We were a part of that integral process that would eventually help them later in life get this dream that seemed impossible at the time, but we all wanted to get it. Every single one of us trying to do the exact same thing. I always think about those musicians that I met because I want to know where they are today. I want to know what about that time helped them and what about that time didn't. It's usually what I think about because I'm a part of that. I would I would go on to have many other experiences at different times in LA other than this year that I was in Glendale. But this year would make a lot of difference to who I was a year later and what was important to me. Music was super important to me. But I knew at the time that I didn't just have the skill to do it yet. Rocky would let us use his gear. My brother would come over and then me and my brother started doing the recording process on our own, which started our 10,000 hours. And we got to work. We did a lot of music. We recorded a lot of songs that we're not necessarily proud of until today, but we mainly did things that we heard, remixes or covers. We weren't really trying to find a unique sound yet. We didn't know how. All we knew is that we wanted to get through a recording process. So that's all that we did. We took it one step at a time. And now today, he is a great musician in his own right. What we learned along this way and what I learned that year, musicians are a very, very sad bunch sometimes when you meet them. Me and Rocky, I remember a story. We were at the Pig and Whistle in Hollywood, and we were interviewing this guy to be our bassist. And this guy would end up contacting Rocky a second time later, not knowing that it was Rocky the second time because this guy was hooked on heroin he was hooked on drugs and he looked very very functional but he was hooked on drugs very talented but he was a heroin addict not to mention that even a story that travis told me he was below the drinking age at, at that time when, when he was hanging out with us but it didn't stop adults in venues giving him drugs and giving him alcohol because he could sing his face off and it's the conundrum you want everyone's attention but sometimes though that attention can lead to your downfall especially when somebody like Travis was thinking and trying to be clean at some point around the second and third time that I moved to LA I would experience the drug aspect I would experience the low aspect this was the time where I got away almost unscathed I only walked away with my feelings hurt I didn't walk away with actual loss that other times would produce so I know from experience this is not just me assuming from perspective i also experienced this as i grew older but at this time when i was young we experienced this thing like we went to this listening event where you would bring your song and they would have people on the stage that would represent uh, represent the licensing side the distribution side they had shows like coachella and south by southwest and stuff like that there was a person that represented that and in the radio and they would tell you if your song was good from this perspective and they would have songs that would play they would mention like Ciroc and the lady from licensing would say you don't have a license to say that and then the other guy would say this song wouldn't sound good though playing at a festival so I wouldn't play it and the radio lady would say well this song sounds like radio a couple years ago maybe if you did this I might consider putting it in a listening party to maybe get put in rotation and then the 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 publishing side would say I wouldn't purchase this song only song that they gave great feedback to was this evanescence sounding song and the girl was there she was dressed up in her leather and she had fishnets and her hair was all up like Harley Quinn and she was cool and she was nodding as they were talking smiling being super loud louder than everybody else she got the best feedback as she should have because she was ready at that point even though that you could say that 
her package had already been done or she was piggybacking off another sound. She did what she had to do to get them interested in the song. Rocky would eventually get his turn. I decided not to go when I got there because they didn't take covers or remixes. Another thing to not take with you to things, it should always be original work. Rocky did have an original track though. It was an acoustic guitar track and it, it was really, really cool. It was very dynamic and it showed off his ability to craft a track with just, you know, some synthetic drums and uh, acoustic guitar. It was really good. They really liked it. They thought it was good, but obviously from the perspectives, because what they were there to do was not tell us that we were good musicians. <laughs> it wasn't to say who was talented in the room and who wasn't or who had a shot. It wasn't something to feed your ego and and to give you some recognition. It was to tell you if your song could be sold from a licensing standpoint a publishing standpoint if it would be something that this person who ran the festivals was interested in building a show around or adding to a show and it was if the radio was was going to to like it you know they were coming from the perspective of the industry which they should that's what they're there for but mind you no one in there let me tell you <laughs> had a good song no one they, it was like off-brand attempts at trying to do what was big at the time, which was LMFAO. They had the party rock, you know, and the guy on stage even said, I listen to hard rock and old school rock like Guns N' Roses. He said, I listen to the Beatles. I listen to old school music, but I play LMFAO all day because that's what people want to listen to. So we walked away from that meeting in the car ride home and Rocky said, Something that would not be something he could own up to, neither one of us. He said, let's make sure we don't make music that those people like. I think there was a feeling that we had when we walked away from it, knowing what they were there to do. And I guess not understanding it and even understanding the gap between whatever your sound is and whatever the radio and the people who run it want. And a lot of times, you don't meet the standard. And that's okay, because you don't have to. Either way, it was a learning experience, even though it wasn't a good one. Fast forward to when we were moving out. The last time that I saw Rocky walk out the door, it was a big moment for me. And it was probably the beginning to his day and his life at that point. But for me, it was almost like I was mourning the loss of something that I had intended to achieve. In that same situation, he did. Seeing that, it helped me grow as a person. Because everything that he did from that moment on, that he accomplished, ended up being a reminder to me of what I didn't take the same time to do. You know, Rocky would sit us down at one point and he would say, Hey, I don't want to talk to you in 20 years talking to your kids about how your dad was a great singer and your mom was a great actress, but they just didn't do it. They didn't take the time to make it happen. And, you know, we could have because originally that was the plan. We were going to move down there separately so we wouldn't distract one another. But when you have it, you have it. And you know that once you make it, the first thing you're going to want to do is find someone to share it with. So we tried to make it work, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that because the amount of time that you need to put towards it takes away from all other relationships and no one will ever understand they're never going to get the drive that you have to make something happen 
But you will understand that drive when you choose something. And we chose the relationship that we had, me and my wife, and it trumped music. And it also trumped her acting career. Are we still happy? Yeah, but it sucked. <laughs> and I did think about American Idol. I was actually planning on going, and my wife was very supportive about it. But ultimately, it came down to me not knowing who I was on the stage, and I needed some time doing that, which I did get, eventually. I wanted to go learn how to be a solid musician, but what I ended up learning was just life skills. I ended up to go to work when I didn't want to. I ended up paying my rent on time. I ended up paying my bills on time. We weren't late once. I ended up learning about food expiration and why credit mattered and money management. I, I learned about, you know, just learning how to be an adult. It, it became a lot more pressing than trying to perfect a song. I also got to see some really cool musical careers start right before my eyes. I got to hear it. I got to experience it. And I got to see it fall out right in front of me. And even though some of them didn't work out at that moment, knowing that they did work out later... And knowing how hard that they worked up until that moment where I met them, knowing that that wasn't the very beginning, that they had already been doing it, was a really good testament to the spirit of a musician that I wanted. I saw my friend Rocky go from trying really, really hard to make it on Billboard and then walk away to be an author. He now lives in New York and he's doing great at what he's doing out there. I see Travis and Michael still dropping music until this day, still doing very well for themselves. And it, it gives me a sense of pride to know that as I'm making my own story happen, I'm part of that group of musicians that put all their eggs in one basket and went to L.A. and tried to make it work. Because no matter what, I did do it. So in a nutshell, Glendale was supposed to be the moment where I grew into my own being a musician. But it just turned out being a crash course on what not to do your first time in L.A. if you wanted to be a musician. So if you're listening to this if you want to do something in life, you got to make sure that you do it. And if you want to do music, you have to make sure you perform, 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 record, write, collaborate, create. And no matter what anyone says, you can go back home. And sometimes you absolutely should. It's way better to regroup in an area that you're comfortable in than trying to make it happen in an area that you just moved too. So thank you, Glendale, for being a very, very big part of my journey, especially in my marriage and especially in my musical journey. So it didn't work out the first time, but I did see it start to work out for others. And when I came back, I did get busy. I started working more on my craft. I'll tell you the second story soon, my second time going to L.A. and what I tried to do differently. And then we'll go to the third time. But one of these times, especially the end of the second one, is super crazy. Make sure you stay plugged in. EP plugged in.